Welcome to the Fantasy Champions Fantasy Football Podcast. Here's your host, Morgan Colby and Rick Lemon. Welcome to the Fantasy Champions Fantasy Football Podcast. It is a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful Tuesday afternoon on May 21st in 2019. Uh, it has been raining for many weeks, mm. so it's finally sunny outside uh, and warm slightly. We are in the northeast, so it takes us a little more, a little longer to warm up. Uh, this beautiful we- weather <laughs> signifies the beginning of the NFL season. Uh, no. It, it signifies a new season that still doesn't have NFL season in it. <laughs> the, the, Wait, long, the long stretch before the NFL season. count? <laughs> It does, bro. Um, on this episode of the Fantasy Champions Podcast, we're going to give you our top 10 wide receiver rankings. But first, as always, make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram, at the FF Champs on Twitter, at the Fantasy Champions on Instagram, and go to Facebook.com slash the Fantasy Champions to like us over there. Uh, subscribe wherever you listen, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, where literally wherever you listen. You can go on YouTube uh, and... Uh, Watch on YouTube. Make sure you click the bell for notifications whenever we post. Uh, leave a review. Share this podcast with your friends, and let's uh, let's get to the news. So, Eric Ebron, a man who's been a hot topic, your favorite player in the league. Yeah, my favorite favorite tight end in the league. Not uh, is reportedly recovering. This is great news for me. In my takes. He's <laughs> recovering from a groin surgery. Uh, I did not know about this. I saw it, and I was like, when did he get his a groin injury? <laughs> I don't remember it. When no. did this happen? Uh, so Ebron reportedly getting a groin surgery. Is he going to get it, or is he? did he, he already have get already it, gotten and he's it. recovering from it? He's recovering from it. that could make a slight difference. He's recovering from it now. Okay. I don't think it's a big deal, but... I don't think it's a big the, deal either because it's early. <laughs> What's with the Colts and having so many tight ends <laughs> that are completely and utterly injury prone? I mean, there's not many tight ends in the league that aren't injury yeah, prone. Yeah, that's true. So. That's true. Except my boy, Travis Kelsey, who kind of is uh, a boy. little bit. Andrew Luck was injured with a calf strain today on Tuesday in practice. He's going to be reevaluated. Uh, this is nothing of concern. Uh, at this point, it's just no. a little OTA injury, but he will not be able to participate in the rest of OTAs. Oh no! Oh no! That's so. Drop sad. him in your draft boards, everyone. Yeah, uh, Tyler Eifert is reportedly a full go in OTAs, which is good news for him. He gets hurt every five minutes, as we just <laughs> discussed about the tight end position. He literally can't sit on the field for longer than five games. Yeah, uh, so it's good that he is a full go in OTAs and he's ready to go. Uh, what do you think of Eifert? He's see. I heard I have a soft spot for him just because yeah. I picked him up like two years ago when he was doing good, and he like he had like a good stretch of like a few yeah. games in my lineup where he was balling. So I always will always have a soft spot in my heart for Tyler Eifert, but uh, I don't I don't think he's gonna do anything this year at all. <laughs> I mean the Bengals. Oh, Matt Breida reportedly tore a peck. This just is happening right now. Ooh. And he's going to uh, miss OTAs. I heard that's an extremely uh, painful injury. 
Tore a pec. Huh? Um, if you care about Raheem Mostart for the 49ers, uh, he had to redo of a surgery to repair his broken forearm. It adds a month to his recovery. Not that anyone was worried about Mostart. <laughs> so Jared McKinnon is now yeah, the guy. Uh, if, if the injury – it doesn't sound like the injury for Matt Breida is going to be any problem. Um, but if it – they said he should be ready for the start of camp. But if it does hold him out for any time, that does help Jarek McKinnon. Um, that was not a part of our news segment. <laughs> no, that's why you breaking news. Yeah, that's why breaking news. I um, love that button, by the way. I do love that button. I never get to use it. Uh, in other assorted news, Jets fired GM Mike. I don't even know how to say his last name. Maganacans or whatever the hell. <laughs> Macagans. Um, <clears throat> they then proceeded to make Adam Gase oh, boy. the uh, interim GM or the full-time GM. Uh, and now it's being reported that Adam Gase does not like Le'Veon Bell and that he didn't want him to begin with. Uh, and now also rumors are floating around. This is also a part of this big deal of drama with the New York Jets. Uh, rumors are floating around that he might be traded before this season. Um, How unbelievable is this? <laughs> great time to be a Jets fan. <laughs> and now or, Jets fans are probably responding to me, what do you mean? It's always like this. <laughs> it's always like this. Literally everything that could possibly go wrong in New York is going wrong right That'd now. That'd be insane if they traded him. That's all right. You got and Daniel even fantasy, Jones if like, you're a Giants fan. Oh. <laughs> yeah, if you're like, that's okay. I'm not a Jets fan. I'm, I'm, a, kinda, Giants I'm a Giants fan. fan. <laughs> oh, frick. <laughs> oh, wait. Yeah, but at least they won it within the last like decade and a half. Yeah. Does this concern you about Le'Veon at all? A little bit. I'm not going to lie. So A little bit. Very slightly. Leave, I don't want to leave all of the reports out for the sake of making Adam Gase look bad as much as I want to. Um, it is reported that Le'Veon Bell and Adam Gase have both like talked, not in terms of like this particular report, but that they're, mm-hmm. they're totally fine with each other. It was more or less Bell wanting the money and getting the money and Gase thinking that it's ridiculous that you would pay that much money for a running back. He right. likes the talent. Right. He just doesn't like the money. Hopefully that doesn't um, come back. Hopefully. I don't, I, I mean, if all of the rumors about him trade being traded and all that stuff, are, like you, if you're Adam Gase, you got to call Le'Veon and you got to calm him down because this yeah. is not a good sign. It's not a no. good sign for the New York Jets. Um, it did this, it, this makes me more increasingly nervous. I ranked, I remember we talked about this last year, last week, last year. Wow. We talked about this last week on our running back, or a couple, yeah, last week on our running back rankings, and uh, I had Le'Veon ranked ten. You had him ranked seven. Mm-hmm. Um, I have him ranked ten for this specific reason: the Jets are a complete disaster. I like Le'Veon Bell. I follow him on Instagram. I see how much work he's putting in for this season. He's working extremely hard. Yeah, and it's like it's like I would love to see him succeed with the Jets, but it is just Adam Gase is a complete disaster. <laughs> I hope it's not true because I I want this Jets team to be good. I love Sam Darnold. I do like Sam. I Darnold. like like Le'Veon Bell. Uh, so when they, this is a, this is another uh, side point when it comes to uh, Adam Gase. But when Gase was signed with the Jets, I heard things from the Dolphins where they said that Adam Gase was confrontational, that he doesn't know how to deal with people, so oh, he boy. comes across at, which is which. Wouldn't make this a situation makes a lot of sense if that's true. I just <laughs> oh boy, the Jets are a mess. They are. We apologize. If, no, we don't. We got Bill Belichick, and you didn't. <laughs> wow. 
We're like the most spoiled rich kids on the yeah. block. It's yeah, it's insane. true. It's true. Uh, being a New England Patriots fan is a great blessing. Um, well, yeah. Carson Wentz has no limitations going into the off-season workouts. Uh, so no limit. A lot of people are saying that the back injury was going to cause limitations. Um, they are reporting that there is no limitations and that he's ready to go for whatever they throw. Does at him. um does Carson Wentz this year remind you a little bit of Andrew Luck last year? Yes. Okay. He is extremely not like Andrew Luck. You kind of felt you didn't feel very good about going you into the season. Sure, but you wasn't sure. But you knew you wasn't. I said you wasn't. <laughs> you weren't sure. If he was gonna like, you had an it. idea though. He's yeah. been out for like a year and a half, pretty much. And let's it was like, there was like, it's finally healthy. Yeah. But yeah, you're definitely still nervous. I think it's kind of similar with Carson Wentz. Yeah, I I would agree. He's getting uh, way undervalued right now because people are treating him like he's just some kind of average quarterback. Um, especially because he, he was last year. He was last year. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. But I think that he he's better than what he like, he he can play in the NFL at MVP. That wasn't that wasn't a flash in the pan. Like he can do that. Um, it's just he's been so injury prone, and he's been so I guess reliant on the success of the pieces around him. I think yeah. last year too, he was playing well until he reached the point in the season where they got. I think it was when they traded for was it Golden Tate. Yeah, Can't remember what Marvin, yes. Marvin Jones or Golden Tate? One they of got two. Golden Tate. Yeah. So they got Golden Tate, and he didn't fit at all with the, the Eagles. And Carson Wentz was forcing it to him. He was just forcing it to him, and it wasn't working. He went away from Alshon, the guy that he uses all the time, and it's like it didn't work for Carson Wentz. So I'm I'm rooting for Carson Wentz. I love Carson Wentz, but I won't be drafting Carson <laughs> Wentz as much as I do. I've been doing like increasingly doing more and more mock dra- mock drafts as we approach, you know, draft season. Yeah. And I've been seeing Carson Wentz go in the 11th, 12th, 13th round. There's temptation there, real temptation to take Carson Wentz. <laughs> but I just don't know if I can do it. After last season, it was a lot. But I do see him as he could be an Andrew Luck type player, but he could also be the other side of what we thought Andrew Luck might be if his arm didn't work. Unfortunately, yeah. It's good to I see think him he'll in be... uh, OTAs, though. That's good. I think he'll be... More of what Andrew Luck was last year, though. Yeah, Zeke was handcuffed at a concert reportedly for shoving a security guard. Um, I, <laughs> was because he if, stole his Chick Fil A? Was that yeah, what's going on? Yeah, yeah, that's probably what happened. Uh, what's here's what's funny is if you go and you watch the video. I don't know if you've seen the video. Have you seen the Zeke video no. from TMZ? No. So Zeke literally walked. It was so funny. People were like on Twitter saying this is like the largest flop of all time for the security guard. Zeke walked over to him and the security guard was kind of like talking trash. And then he walked. Oh, really? Zeke walked over to him, went chest to chest, and the security guard just fell over like Zeke hit him or something. <laughs> <laughs> It's like what? What is this? He's preparing for his yeah. uh, career in the MLS. Uh, do you think that uh, Zeke reportedly attacking a security guard? Uh, do you do you expect him to get any form of suspension? If he does, then what is Roger Goodell? Yeah, that's true. Well, I think I think if you had not had the video, I think there probably would have been some repercussions. But the fact no, that I mean, maybe like a small fine. Yeah. It's like getting handcuffed at a concert. Like yeah. that happens at every single concert <laughs> to at least like 20% right. of the people in the concert. The only thing I can think of is that Zeke has been suspended before for six games. 
So they could consider this like a second offense or whatever. Like, whereas like if 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 like Sony Michelle got handcuffed at a concert, you know they would be <laughs> like, they would, yeah, they would be like, all right, whatever. But Sony's been because it's hardened, because it's but... Zeke and because he's been suspended once before, they might throw down punishment. There was just nothing from the league, nothing from the Cowboys. This yeah. is kind of like this is kind of like the Leonard Fournette, like getting arrested for not having his license renewed. <laughs> this is a uh, I will say this off season. Shung Zeke likes to have fun, doesn't he? Yeah, he just likes one to of the party. dudes. He's just <laughs> Chick Fil A and all these other all concerts. these other running backs posting pictures of them working out yeah, on like, Twitter. What's, and all, what's up with that? Like Zeke, them actually working. Zeke's and... at parties getting drunk. <laughs> hey, I mean, what, whatever, whatever helps, right? Boat, he's truly eating. Uh, Tyler Croft suffered a broken foot on the first Ooh. day of OTAs with the Bills. Um, I was actually kind of excited to see him on the Bills because it gave uh, what's his name a target. They said Josh that, Allen. Josh Allen. Thank you. <laughs> I said what? That's what's what. That's name? what he is to me. What's his name? Uh, Tyler Croft was expected to be the lead tight end there. Um, he looked really good when he was with Cincinnati. Uh, yeah, but they said he's going to be out three to four months, which puts him slated to like he may be able to come back for the start of the season. Um, but he also may end up on the six-week pup list. So Which will, he'll still play this likely. year, but it's going to be very you know, deep into the season at yeah. that point. Um, and I don't see him adding much value anyway. Um, another quick note before we get into our main segment. Uh, Zay Jones took the I – th- I believe I read this today. Zay Jones took an OTAs. They have most of their team there. When I say most of their team, some idiots didn't show. Um, Devin Singletary, the running back, got uh, he split snaps with LaShawn McCoy, I believe, okay. and then uh, Zay Jones is is supposedly going to get the most targets of the team. That's what's being reported that he should. He was taking uh, wide receiver one or two reps, so that's that's relatively I think that makes interesting sense too. Next to Cole Beasley, I think he, they said it was. Yeah, Cole Beasley. It's one of those situations where you are, you're not really going to get any information. Like you're trying to piece together these inf- this information, but yeah. you're not going to get anything until like halfway through preseason. Oh yeah. So, let's move into our 2019 wide receiver rankings. We're going to discuss our top 10 early wide receiver rankings. These probably will change as the offseason goes about. I did a wide receiver rankings in like. March, yeah, and then I did one right now. We're the ones we're doing right now in May, and the difference is just besides the top three is astronomical. It's is crazy. It? Yeah, it's crazy how much things move up and down. Like T. Y. Hilton was like fifteen on my list then. Um, he moved up real fast. So it's interesting to see how how things have developed over the last couple months. And over the next two episodes, we are going to discuss discuss the top twenty today, one through ten, Thursday, eleven through twenty. So let's get started with our number one ranked wide receiver. Consens- can- wow, help me out here. Consensus? Consensus for Jeez, everyone. Wow. Yeah, you butchered that. Uh, what is interesting about this consensus number one is that he was ranked actually coming out of the season in January, February, and March. He was ranked as the number two wide receiver in all formats. Not by me. Not by me or you, but yeah. by by experts right. uh, as the number as the guy who should be taken off the board as the second or third wide receiver, and people were down on Hopkins. I don't know what changed over the last couple months, but Hopkins is DeAndre Hopkins is the number one ranked receiver in ECR for me and for Rick. 
Um, he is absolutely incredible. And the amount that I don't know if it's Bill O'Brien or <laughs> Deshaun Watson just has a love for DeAndre Hopkins, but they throw it a lot to yeah. Hopkins. He gets I, I I can't remember the target share, and I can look it up if you, if you really want um, to know. Uh, but I absolutely love Hopkins. I think he gets all the opportunity in the world. He gets all the chances in the world to to produce. And I think he he to me it like he's as clear as a wide receiver one or two, well, a finishing as a wide receiver one or two in this league as I think any wide receiver that is out. There. Oh yeah, I agree. The only concern is the same concern you have for literally every player in fantasy, which is injuries. <laughs> Meaning, essentially, <laughs> there is no concern yeah. with DeAndre Hopkins. Like, Hopkins, Hopkins is not going to bust. It's yeah. It's just not going to happen. I mean... Don't, you can take that, anyone who has that hot take and put that away. <laughs> I don't think there's anyone out there that will do that. Someone's going to replay the show and Hopkins is going to finish, like, 13th <laughs> or something. <laughs> um, yeah, let's hope not. No, I mean, I agree. I think Hopkins, I've been saying it since yeah. really halfway through last season... <clears throat> is the best wide receiver, not only in fantasy, he might be the just like in the NFL. Like if you watch some of his catches and yeah. the way he runes routes. I think I think in my opinion Julio Jones is the most talented, but DeAndre yeah, Hopkins he, but is he's incredible. Top three though, I would say, at least. And you can make the argument he's number one. Yeah. Hopkins is extremely talented. Um and they run the offense through Deshaun Watson, who loves DeAndre Hopkins. They throw it to him a lot. Yeah. And I think Chances are Will Fuller's probably going to get injured again, and they don't have Demarius Thomas. <laughs> don't anymore. do that to Will Fuller. So, I know I I like him, but I'm just saying. Don't do that to my boy. So chances are Hopkins is going to get like his like usual yeah, yeah, like, twenty yeah, yeah, targets yeah. on a game, yep. which is yep. absolutely now, insane. Now or just about right now, DeAndre Hopkins is going as the one oh seven. Yeah. In terms of draft strategy, if your picks seven, eight, nine, ten. Let's let's say we're in a twelve team league, eleven or twelve. Is DeAndre Hopkins worth drafting at that point? See, that's actually hard for me. Probably not. Mm-hmm. But I love DeAndre Hopkins. I know. I might do yeah. it. It depends. Like it I depends on the it. spot. I mean, with the Le'Veon Bell news too. That's kind of <laughs> James. Like, Con- it depends how you feel. Like if there's somebody, if you're sitting there at number seven. And you feel really good about like James Conner, or you mm-hmm. feel really good about David Johnson, you know, right? Right. Definitely take one of those guys. But if you're sitting there like pick eight or nine, and you and like Le'Veon Bell's on the board, and you don't really yeah, you got like Hopkins, Adams, Bell. Yeah, and yeah. if Conner's still there, but you don't, you're not a fan of James Conner. That's tough. I think at that really point tough. you've got to strongly consider going Hopkins. I would probably would go Hopkins at that point. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Um, I, for me, it picks. I don't want pick eight or nine. No, and I but, don't. Well, so quickly, if you have like pick eight or nine, and you do take Hopkins, you're still not completely going away from the strategy because you have pick what twelve mm-hmm. in a ten team league, and now you're taking a running back. But at that right, point, right. You, you have to, you almost have to take a running. Yeah, but back here, so here's team. here's my concern: is that let me ask you this: Do you feel like? Do you feel like Joe Mixon mm-hmm. is a is is good enough to be your number one running back on your fantasy team? Would you want that as your? your we're, we're talking building super teams here. Super team, no. Yeah, no. <laughs> no. In our league, and in like a super competitive league, yeah, no. Right, because I know because I'm if you not get win the championship, if you get Hopkins here at one hundred seven or one hundred eight, you're going to have the opportunity to draft Joe Mixon at like two hundred two or two hundred three. 
So if you're sitting here, that's pretty good. Yeah, I mean <laughs> Hopkins on, and Joe Mixon's not bad, but at the same time, I'd rather have like a guy like going 109 so, right now, Todd Gurley, right? Okay. Well, so instead of drafting Hopkins at seven, I would draft Todd Gurley. At if seven. Todd Gurley's there at seven, I'm definitely taking him <laughs> over Hopkins. But assume, let's just assume this ADP but, but, holds, well, which is never so going to be something assume, that though, happens. That at number you're picking at, let's say eight. Yeah. And a lot of the, those running backs that you consider like yeah super team level RB ones right. are all gone. Then do you go Hopkins and go mix in the second round? Like that to me is a pretty good strategy to have. I mean, I would like let's say it's Bell, Connor, and Mixon, you're taking right? you're taking you're taking a very calculated risk in hoping that right because you need to hit in that early second round pick too with a running back. Like Mixon better be there at twelve, you know? <laughs> yeah, because like you get screwed out of Mixon, you're gonna have Dalvin <laughs> right. Cook, Nick Chubbs, and Damian Williams as options, which is yeah, you know that's unfortunate. Nick Chubb's not awful, I don't think. And Cook's I just not think awful, it, I think it, you know uh, it's hard to have that end of the end of the first round you know selection because you do have to make these tough decisions. Yeah. Whereas like picking 101 to 106 or 107 you got the top 10 running <laughs> you're backs. Like if you have, if you're picking fourth overall you're like, "Oh no, I'm I can't pick Kamara. He just got picked, so I guess I'll have to take Christian McCaffrey." <laughs> uh we have the same situation our second ranked wide receiver. We have the same situation with our second ranked wide receiver who is Devonte Adams. Yeah. Um he is ranked number 2 for me, ranked number 2 for you. Uh, and the ECR is too. So collectively, uh, the second guy we agree on, he obviously fantastic. One of the things about Devontae Adams that really stuck out to me is the fact that he, A, probably gets equal to or the same, because literally there's nothing else in Green Bay to throw. <laughs> um, yeah. He gets equal to or the same amount of uh, targets as DeAndre Hopkins does, but he has a better catch rate. So in a full PPR setting, Devontae Adams, now we're assuming half PPR right now, but in a full PPR setting, Dev- Devontae Adams is on my list. In a full PPR, he's ranked one. Yeah, he's he has to team. be because he is. He, uh, he can literally, I think he had over 110 catches last year or something ridiculous. Right, which is insane. And like, when you talk about that in terms of fantasy points, it's absolutely asinine. He's a great wide receiver. He puts it together, but he also falls into that 109, 107, 101 yeah. to 109 situation. And do you want to be, like like we just asked the question, do you want to be drafting a wide receiver at that point? Now, at 109, you're really, there's not much left. <laughs> you right. Got, you yeah. got like so with Hopkins, there. likelihood he's taking he's going to get taken like 6th or 7th overall, yeah. which is, I think, a little too early. Adams is going to be taken like ninth or 10th. At that, if you're sitting at number ten, then you in a ten team league you got pick eleven too, right? So yeah. you're not even worrying. But like you could, <laughs> it doesn't matter if you go Adams at ten and Mixon at eleven yeah, or yeah, Mixon yeah, at yeah. ten, and right. you know, so it doesn't matter if you're picking number nine. Do you yeah. take Devonte Adams? Um, <laughs> it's tough, isn't it? Yeah, I would. I would. It kind of depends on what the rest of the draft looks like, and you have to know who yeah. you're drafting with. If that makes sense, if you know at num- pick number twelve, you're picking at number nine. You know at pick number twelve, you're gonna get a running back. Then fine, you can take Adams there. Yeah. If you're unsure that you can get a legitimate running back at number twelve, I don't risk That's it. Tough. Yeah. I, I for me, I'm not really. I my strategy drafting a wide receiver in the first round 
is like uh, going against my strategy altogether. And as good as Hopkins and Adams are, here's what I do. As much as in a redraft league, as much as it is impossible to rip off a trade of that magnitude, I would rather take the James Conner, Le'Veon Bell, Todd Gurley at 107 to 110 or 110. I'd rather take one of those three guys instead of taking a wide receiver, knowing that if I get enough, because if you here's the thing is if you draft, there are so little running backs in fantasy football that if you go out and you draft three, maybe four running backs in the first six rounds, yeah, people are going to be like you're going to have four running backs, and that's four running backs everyone else doesn't have. Whereas that stupid team who drafted three wide receivers in the first three rounds because they felt compulsed to do that are sitting there going, <laughs> "I need a running back." And now you go to them, and they have DeAndre Hopkins, and you say, well, I got this guy. And that's where you work a deal out and say, hey, I want to grab DeAndre Hopkins. I want to grab Devontae Adams. It really depends on how much people hold on to their players in the league. Yeah, I mean, I think in a lot of leagues, if you have Hopkins or Adams, they're probably not going to want to trade those guys. Um, Unless it's like a really good package. Or they're very desperate. In my 10 years of playing fantasy football, I have learned quite a bit about drafting wide receivers early um five years ago i drafted jordy nelson the year he got hurt tore his acl in the preseason <laughs> trick me um every time i draft a wide receiver it bites me in the butt so it's just I don't, like I personal just do yeah it's personal <laughs> no but for me when i look at you know the more the more in depth you go into dissecting fantasy football like you're you're crazy psychotic like us sitting there the entire offseason listening to podcasts and you know researching analytics and and all kinds of stuff and trying to figure out who you're going to take you realize really fast you don't need to draft you need to draft a good running back early that's the foundation of your team you're you're not going to be able to get a good running back later because they're just so few of them like even this you're talking about a tier only four teams are going to have a tier one running back. only four teams and it's like that's absolutely crazy so what i like to do at this point is draft running backs if you have a good wide receiver in the second round yeah grab them but like for me there's so much depth at the wide receiver position you don't need to draft a wide receiver in the first round it's just not necessary it's absolutely not necessary as good as hopkins and adams are and as much as you look at them and go man i wish i could get them it's it's i would i, I would rather i'd I think- rather bypass them Try to make a trade, and if they don't do a trade, then it's fine. They're not going to burn you. Like you, I, I'm telling you right now, you're probably not going to lose a championship to DeAndre Hopkins and Devontae Adam. That that's not going to happen. Yeah, I, I get your point. I I would like to have both. So if yeah. I'm sitting there, if I'm not taking the wide receiver, like those first seven seven, the big seven is what yeah. I've been calling them. Once those guys are off the board, then it gets then it's frisky. open for discussion. Yeah, and frisky. like depends on your situation. But overall, I do agree with your point where it's like you got to get. You have to have a top running back. Yeah, you really do. It's in order to win a fantasy championship, you got to get that guy. Um, number three on our rankings, consensus, Julio Jones. Okay. ECR has him three according to Fantasy Pros. I have him three. You have him four, which Ooh. I find kind of interesting. Um, so I'll just say I rank Julio Jones three because last he, he is literally the same thing as Ezekiel Elliott. I talk about how Zeke never gets targets in the red zone. Julio, <laughs> I mean Zeke never gets you know uh, running attempts in the red zone. Yeah. Julio Jones never gets targets in the red zone either. They normally go to Calvin Ridley. Julio Jones is a freaking yards machine. Yeah. The only reason why he is always a top five wide receiver is because he puts up so many yards. I love Julio Jones this year because, A, 
Dirk Cutter, who was the – if you go back to the years 2012 to 2014, one of those years was Matt Ryan's MVP season, I believe. Yeah. Um, Dirk Cutter was the offensive coordinator there. In those seasons, they threw it a lot. You're yep. going to see Matt Ryan throw it 600-plus times this year. And I think with that being the case, Julio Jones is going – his target share is going to go through the roof. I could see him getting targeted 180, 190 times. And if that's the case, he's going to be he's going to be a guy that you're going to want to own. And if he can just break through the touchdown problem, <laughs> like last year I had him for half the year, and I was like, when's the touchdowns going to come? Let's go. So yeah. I'm waiting for Julio Jones to break out. And it's like, when you know, I mean, he's a great wide receiver. He's always going to be in the top five. But if he catches 12 touchdowns. One year. Yeah. One year he might do it. Right. So, I mean, I still have Julio four. So, like, it's not like I'm down on him. All right. He's yeah. still, like, it's one pick. And, like, this goes to our strategy what we were talking about before where you should take that running back probably, for the most part, late in the first round because right. a guy like Julio Jones will be there at, like, pick 12 or pick 11, yeah. even thir- maybe even 13. So, right. I'm in a 12-team, still- he's gone. Oh, yeah, probably, yeah. <laughs> first round In pick. a 10-team, though. <laughs> yeah. But, right. So, I do like Julio, okay? Yeah. I like him. I know you do. The only reason I don't have him at number three. Yeah. There's, well, there's a slight, they're just slight, slight things. One, Matt Ryan had a fantastic year last year. Yeah. Is he going to do that again? I don't think going it matters. By his history. I think it does. I think that does matter. Considering now Calvin Ridley is on the team. Yeah. I think that makes a difference. See, that was new. That like, was a big concern for me when I first did my rankings two months yeah. ago. Yeah. Is that Julio Jones? He's he's another year older. Calvin Ridley is going to have a second year on the team, and then I heard the crazy statistic that Dirk, like Dirk Cutter, could honest to God target 190 times. Matt yeah. Ryan could throw it 100 and throw it at Julio Jones 190 I know, that times. Is, that is and still throw it to Calvin Ridley 120 times. That's that's why I have that's crazy. Julio still number four. Yeah, but he he is another year older. I still like him. But I think that those those things just put me from him being yeah, number three right. on my list to number four on my list. It's wise to start thinking about it because there is going to come a time where Julio is not as good as he usually is. Um, yeah. Number four on our list is Odell Beckham Jr. Now, I have him ranked five. You have him ranked three. The ECR has him ranked five. The reason why I have him ranked five is specifically because... I started statting out the situation that you have in uh, in Cleveland. And mm-hmm. one of the situations that I noticed, or one of the trends that I noticed, is that the Browns and the Browns and uh, Baker Mayfield... Yep. Wow, I can't believe I forgot my favorite quarterback's name. <laughs> uh, Baker Mayfield liked to throw it to wide receivers on a pretty consistent basis. So last year... They threw it 24 times to the wide receiver one, 21, I mean, uh, 24% to the wide receiver one, 21% to the wide receiver two, um, and then the wide receiver three had like 15%. So it's pretty spread out. Um, my thing is that when I looked at the Browns, when I looked at the Browns offensively, the yeah. last couple years and under Freddie, this is this is what was astounding to me is under Freddie Kitchens, they they only ran about uh, two hundred plus plays, which prorated out at like nine hundred and twelve. And so if that's the case, and you do that, I think it's like a forty five or a fifty eight forty two split run pass. 
there's not going to be a lot of passes going around, and there's not going to be a lot of targets going around. And as good as Odell is, if he's only getting targeted 90 to 100, maybe 110 times, he's not going to be able to produce top five numbers. And it hurts me to put him in the top five. I love Odell Beckham, but I think that right now, because of the Cleveland situation, everything in Cleveland is overblown. Everything. I don't fully disagree with that. The reason I have Odell number three is, number one, I think to counter what you said, I think Cleveland this year sees they have Odell, sees they're getting Kareem Hunt. They see that they're kind of building a Chiefs-like offense, and they're going to focus on the offensive lot or offense a lot this offseason, and I think they will probably be a higher-paced team. Yeah. Um, just by the fact that they know how much talent they have on offense, and they they need to capitalize on that talent. Number two, I think um, what Odell has done the last few seasons, and especially last year too, is remarkable yeah. considering he had Eli Manning as his quarterback, and now he has... The hate for Eli Manning now he does has, need to relax because he was good for a majority of his career. Uh, and last season he blew. Yeah, but, thank Well... I know. I understand. Eli Manning was once a good quarterback. <laughs> That's the key. He was once yeah. a good quarterback. And yes, Odell can play with that. A, I just, I my concern is 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 opportunity. See that? I mean, that's a that is a slight concern for me. But it's like, like I said, I think Cleveland is going to be like I, those those numbers that you were saying from last year make sense. But what? the Browns are going to do this year, I think it's just going to be different. They're just extremely, they're an, they were an extremely fit, efficient offense last year, but like they also even, had a, even the time, like even the time that, that Jarvis Landry was the number one and mm-hmm. we got to move on. But the, even, even the time that Jarvis Landry was the number one wide receiver, he didn't even, he didn't put up those numbers. Yeah. And, and it wasn't like, you know, Oh, he was trying to find, or, you know, Baker was trying to find somebody else. Jarvis Landry was literally the number one, and I do think obviously Odell Beckham is is more talented, and he's probably he's one of the most talented wide receivers in the NFL. So he is obviously going to play better than Jarvis Landry. I understand that. Right. My point is, Baker spreads it around. He's going to pass it to literally anyone that's open, and and I that sounds like a stupid thing to say, but. Odell Beckham Jr. I just don't think is going to get the amount of targets that you would need to be one of those top three guys. Like Julio, he's probably going to hit 180 targets. Devontae Adams is probably going to hit 180 oh, targets. Yeah. DeAndre Hopkins is probably going to hit 180 targets. If you're talking, if you're talking to me about Odell Beckham Jr., I would be surprised if he hits 150. Uh, I don't know. I There's think so will. much talent I mean, look, there, Rick. There's I, so I, much. I know talent. that, but I think they're gonna like. They are going to use the talent. Is what I'm trying to say. Like look at, ooh, look at um. Wow. Yeah, I just <laughs> I died on the. Sounds inside. like you're you getting your lungs ripped out. It's for my Odell, my Odell love, yeah, and the Browns true. love. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the reasons I think they might have had a slower paced offense last year, and we I will just quickly say this because I know we got to move on. Yeah. But is they had a rookie quarterback. Teams with a rookie quarterback tend to be more conservative on offense. That's fair. Number five, Juju Smith-Schuster. You have him six. ECR has him six. I had him ranked four. I'm Ooh. a hype on Ooh. Juju. It's a little bit of the a Juju it's, hype. It's not train. a hot take, but it's like it's not actually because it's, it's, it's like I, see. Here's the thing with me, and and I'll say this quickly because we gotta get moving. <laughs> uh, but uh, Juju Smith-Schuster is going to get a lot more opportunity 
than uh, Odell Beckham is. And I think that for Juju, he showed he can play. I, I, I don't want to talk about whether he was good with or without Antonio Brown or if guys were pulling him off. Like, I think that's nonsense. That's like yeah. If you're getting thrown to and you can catch the ball, he's a good route runner. He can figure it out. He's talented. If he gets targeted, the amount that Odell, I mean, uh, that Antonio Brown got targeted, Juju is going, I'm not saying he's going to produce like AB because AB was a different kind of beast. But I think Juju can produce top five numbers, and I think he can do it better than than Odell can. That's why I have him ranked okay. four over Odell. Like if I had to choose between the two guys, because you're sitting there and you're looking at the ADP, and you're trying, you know, you get to pick. God, I don't know. You're at, you're at pick two hundred five, and your options are Odell Beckham, and your options are Juju Smith-Schuster. A wide receiver getting drafted off the board: Odell fifteen, Juju sixteen. So you're sitting there at two hundred five, and you're like. Am I going to take Odell or am I going to take Juju? Yeah. And for me, I'm taking Juju Smith-Schuster. I think that it's just for for Odell, he's in a new situation. He's in Cleveland. All the things we just went over, all the things that I'm worried about, I don't have those same concerns with Juju. I really don't. And I think that they're going to throw the ball a lot. I mean, they're coming off the, the, mo- the most they've thrown ever as a team, and I think they're going to throw significantly less. I statted out Juju, and Juju is going to have, like I, I believe, 215 to 230 fantasy points in my stat out. So that's a top-five finish. Yeah. So it, it, it sounds like a hot take, but as the fifth-wide receiver off the board right now or the sixth-wide receiver off the board, I'm taking Juju in the second round. I mean, I would absolutely love to do that. Yeah, I think, honestly, that's not a hot take because I think after Hopkins and Adams, you can – jumble around from like three to like six or seven among receivers i think they're all pretty good and juju has a crazy upside i mean he's young yeah it's his first year without if he turns antonio brown like antonio brown is. yeah he's gonna he's probably gonna get a lot of opportunity and that's where i agree with you with odell i think he will probably get more opportunity than odell mm-hmm. um so i don't have a problem with you putting juju number four i just think I'm just not like crazy about the Steelers this year. Yeah. On offense. I think yeah. their defense will improve if we're talking like real legitimate football, no, but no. fantasy well, only wise. Fantasy. Only fantasy. Yeah. I'm not I mean I have Juju 6, so I'm not like Yeah. really that far off from you. I just Yeah. It's tough. Let's move on. Michael Thomas, New Orleans Saints number 1 wide receiver. Uh my guy. He's very good, but I have him ranked 6. You have him ranked five. ECR has him ranked four. I don't like Michael Thomas. I like Michael Thomas, and I don't like Michael Thomas. And here's why. No, you don't like Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas is, he has about the same consistency as Tyreek Hill. He cannot, he he just can't do it on a week-to-week basis, and his quarterback is 40 years old. So, to me, Michael Thomas is a guy that I'm avoiding because I just don't see the breakout potential. I feel like he's extremely and utterly overrated. Okay. And I think that I, I it hurts me to put him at six because uh, there are guys that I would take ahead of him. I just, for me, fantasy football is about consistency. On a week-to-week basis, I need to be getting fantasy points to win games. And when Michael Thomas does not provide that, I sit there and go, why do I have him on my team? Now, if you're sitting there, and, and right now I, I wouldn't draft him at this point, but he's picked 203. If you're sitting there and you're at 203 and there's no other options and Mixon's off the board and your options are you know, at running back or Dalvin Cook and Nick Chubb, and I'm sitting there and I'm looking at Michael Thomas, I'll drive Juju over Odell and Michael Thomas at 203. But I might just take Michael Thomas at 203 because I know there are people that love him. 
And I know that there are people that'll buy them. So if that's the case, that's one of those, okay, maybe there's a weak spot on my roster. I have this really good wide receiver. I like my wide receiver core as a whole, so I'll trade Michael Thomas. Always, if you're looking at a guy and you don't like him, and you're going to reach for another guy because you don't like this one guy, draft the guy you don't like. Just do it. He has the value. Make the trade. Get rid of him in the in the future. Make sure smarter. he has the value, though, if you're going to do yeah, that. Yeah, make sure Michael Thomas is one of those guys that does have the value. But At your draft party. Does anyone else want Michael Thomas? Yeah, if you, if you, take Mike, if you don't want Michael Thomas there and you take him and someone in the room goes, dang it, I wanted him. Yeah, then contact you won. that team then like two days after the draft. Right. Yeah. But I... I I get your point with the the forty year old quarterback thing. That is the reason he's not higher on my list. He's yeah. a little lower than the ECR, but I think he's. I mean, Michael Thomas is extremely talented. I know. Yeah, you were saying like week to week he doesn't always perform. I don't think that's on him. That's more on Drew Brees. Um, in the Saints' offense, how they just go in a like as a whole. Yeah, I will say with Michael Thomas though. I mean, I think he's. I don't know what it is. It, this one's more just like a gut feeling. I think he's going to get more targets this year than he did last year. Yeah. Maybe it's just because I look at the Saints' like whole offensive core, and other than Alvin Kamara, I'm like, they yeah. don't really have anybody you know, yeah. on offense. So I think Michael Thomas will get his f- fair share, but Do you he's, like, just, he's too talented for me not to put you, him in the top are five. You okay, are you okay with him being drafted as the number four wide receiver off the board? I think that's a spot too early, but I don't right. think it's absurd. Cause like I said, I think from after, after Hopkins and Devonte Adams, I think there is a small like drop off. And then there's like five guys yeah, right. that are all kind of similar. Uh, number seven on our rankings, uh, ECR, me and Rick all agree. Antonio Brown, number seven, he does make me slightly nervous. Slightly, yeah. Uh, because he is as good as Antonio Brown has been in the past. And as good as he is, playing football the the targets that he got when he was with the Steelers are just not going to happen in Oakland uh, I think if he if he were to get the same amount of targets in Oakland that he got in Pittsburgh he would he could arguably finish as a number one wide receiver in fantasy I think the he, reason why he's ranked seven for me yeah um, is more specifically because I don't think that Antonio Brown can do that in Oakland just because of the pure fact that he's not going to get the targets they're not going to throw the ball a lot See that part is true for the most part, but I, I think like he, he is gonna, he to is going to get targets though. Like, well, yeah, probably he's not get as much targets, as Pittsburgh, but like, but like yeah, more than right. I think some people will think. Right, they are going to use him a lot in that offense, ah, and I'm almost tempted to put him higher. The reason I have him at seven is because I just think, you know, it's like a new system. I think the Raiders could also totally collapse this year, <laughs> just because it's it's Oakland and it's like. They've done all these things, and then they still somehow win four games. So over the last, in 2017, 16, 15, and 14, these are the percentages throwing to the wide receiver position as a team. So this includes you know running backs, tight ends, and wide receivers. The percentage to the wide receiver one, who was Antonio Brown, in 2017 it was 30%. Uh, the second guy was 14%. In 2016, it was 26%. The second guy, 11%. In 2015, it was 32% to Antonio Brown, 15% to the second wide receiver. In 2014, wow. it was 30%, and then 14% to the second wide receiver. Those numbers, you're talking about 30% of the target share of an entire football team going to one guy. That, that is crazy. But That's I mean, not going to happen in Oakland. 
And will o- it? Antonio? No, it's not. Antonio Brown needs. He needs. Like who's that Derek Carr going to throw to? I don't know. He who's who's the? They he couldn't did complete. Up. He couldn't complete passes to. Well, Mark so Cooper. that's a, that's a that is a different. Okay, so, so Brown might get the targets, but will they be completed passes? Well, like, yes, for Antonio Brown, yes, but well, I, not if Derek Carr's throwing thirty feet over his head. Yeah, that's true. But I do, I do like. This is why I do like. I, I do like Antonio Brown, and we got to move on to the next guy. But his, his right now is getting drafted at two oh nine. So in a ten team mm. league, he might even fall into the third round. And at that point, if you're getting a guy who can finish in the top five, top four, potentially, if they throw it to him that much, uh, you actually get a really good value late second, early third round. You know, if you're if you're yeah. if you're flipping rounds, you know, you're pick <laughs> pick ten at the end of the first round. Oh, I, I or you, your pick one in the entire draft. Yeah. I should say. I'm sorry. Uh, your pick one in the entire draft, and you get a, you know you get like Saquon Barkley. Then you go to the end of the second round, and Antonio Brown's sitting there. Not like, bad. You're not you're not doing too bad. Um the next guy on our rankings, number eight, Mike Evans. He was ranked number eight on my rankings, number nine on your rankings, and the ECR has him ranked eight. I really do like Mike Evans. One of the things that I actually uh th- that changed my mind on Mike Evans because coming out of the season I was like, okay, he's kinda overhyped. He's getting older, and then I started. I looked at his he's, age. He's pretty young, actually. I looked yeah. at his age, and I was like, "Wow, I was wrong about he was, that." He was drafted in the um, top ten, like what, three, four years ago? Yeah, something like that. He's extremely young. He has so much left in his career, and he's in an offense with Bruce Arians. That remember when Bruce Arians was with the Arizona Cardinals, how much they threw to Larry Fitzgerald, mm. uh, and so I think Mike Evans is a great sneak pick. Okay, later in the top, you know, if you're taking a, a wide receiver off. Yeah. The board in the top ten, he is a perfect guy to take. He's going right after Antonio Brown right now at three hundred one. So in the third round, that's a great value. He's a guy that if he can stay healthy, which he has problem, he has had problems in the which past with if. injuries. If he can stay healthy, he's a guy that could break out and be a beast. And honest, like honestly, to me, this is where I start in you know in my draft strategies and my planning right now, at least as of right now for ADP. This is where I'm starting to think about taking a wide receiver. And if Mike Evans, my God, and is on the is on the board in the third round when I get there, Mike Evans oh, yeah. is you're a guy that take I'm your taking. Pants off and you're like, taking Mike Evans. I'm okay with Mike Evans. Like seriously, he could be like like I asked you earlier when we were talking about DeAndre Hopkins, or you know, if you got if you drafted DeAndre Hopkins and you got Joe Mixon in the second round as your yeah. wide receiver one. If you had two stud running backs in the first two rounds, you drafted Todd Gurley and you got yourself Joe Mixon, right? And then you go into the third round and you somehow had the ability to draft Mike Evans. Are you okay with that? Yes. Yeah. So that's where that's my that's the strategy that I so I here, live out because of the, of the depth at wide receiver and how late they go. Everything you said makes sense. Oh boy. <laughs> but it always it's always a but. There's a reason Mike Evans is Mike Evans. Yeah. It's like every single year, it's Mike Evans is going to break out this year. This is his breakout year. Well, he, he does ta- break. He gets in the, the top the 10 round. every year. Where, where did he finish last year? Half PPR. Can you look um, that up? Yeah, I'll, I'll look that up now. I feel like every single year, you take him at the end of the second round or like er, like very early third round, and he always disappoints you. He never lives up to the expectation. That's cold. Ever. It's true, though. He doesn't, which is unfortunate. This year, he might. So he finished... Mike Evans finished as the wide receiver six this year. Did he really? Yes. See, that's just odd in, to me. That like, in 2017 he's sneaky. In 2017 he got, I believe he got hurt. Right. 
uh, one of those years. Yeah, he, he did, was yeah. wide receiver 20, but I believe he spent half the season hurt. Um, and then 2016. Just okay, so that is there. interesting that he finished sixth. Mike Evans um, was the number one wide receiver in fantasy in 2016. So what might be a concern, though, a sneaky con- another sneaky concern that I was thinking about. So you just rebuttaled that one, but here's the one. If Jameis Winston doesn't work out, there is no Ryan Fitzpatrick as a backup quarterback this year. He's with Miami. They do have another Fitzpatrick. No, it's Fitzgerald. Oh, I don't even know. Is that their backup? Yeah. So that's that's a concern that we don't know yes, who no, their backup that's quarterback a very, is. That's a very and there is a legitimate chance that Jameis Winston gets benched in Week Three, and it's done for Mike Evans. Oh, he's fantasy wise. Yeah. So that to me is why I don't have him. A I mean, is the big last reason. year he was flipping between two different quarterbacks, right? But and he still was good. So the thing was though, once they took Winston he's a out, rookie Nick Fitzgerald, oh and gosh. then Ryan Griffin. Once they took Winston out, Ryan yeah. Fitzpatrick would come in and throw fifty times. Right. You know. So it, yeah, it would be two different quarterbacks, but he was right. still getting targets either way. If they take Winston out and they put this kid in, the rookie, what's his name again? It doesn't even matter what his Nick name Fitzgerald. is. You don't have to say. It. All right. <laughs> if they put him in. Like, don't make fun of the new Fitzmagic. I'm magic. sorry. Okay, all right. Well, let's <laughs> calm down with that one. But if they put him in, they're not going to throw the ball 50 times. Uh, it's not going to happen. Yeah, I mean, I think that is a little bit of a concern. I think that's why he's going eight, you know, or that's why he's ranked eight right now. Um, but I have him eight because of that very reason. Like, if he's on the board, there's two guys that I'm that in the third round that I would definitely be looking at, and Mike Evans is one of them. And it's like, you know, for me. I have to rank Mike Evans eight because I would take him over a majority of guys. Like I feel like there's Mike Evans and then there's the there's that drop off. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, that's that's fair. And and I think that after that we have ranked number nine AJ Green. I have him ranked ten. You have him ranked eight. The ECR has him ranked ten. So for me, I think Mike Evans is like dropping off, and then you have the AJ Green. Uh, AJ Green is another wide receiver in the third round that I'd be looking at as a possible draft selection to make up for the fact that I drafted two running backs in the first two rounds. Um, the the running back heavy strategy, you know, kind of working out. But I think for me, AJ Green is an extremely talented wide receiver. He had one of the best seasons of his career over the course of the time that he played last season before he got hurt. The only concern is that foot injuries and leg injuries are hugely important to wide receivers. And so I think for AJ green, it's, it's concerning that he did have that foot injury, but if he comes out, he's ready to go. It's, it's, it's been reported that he's going to be ready for camp, all of this stuff, which is fantastic. Yeah. Um, but going out into the season next year, is he going to have that same pop? Is he going to have that same ability to, you know, run routes? Is he going to have all of that? Right. If that doesn't work out for him, then he is a risk play. But for me, in the third round, you could be getting a a wide receiver one. Yeah, I mean, I have him ranked a lot higher than some people. Um, Yeah. ECR 10, so I guess that's not crazy. I have him 8. The reason I have him 8, though, is because, as you said, he was having one of his best years last year. Yeah. And where was he taken last year in drafts? Like, like mid-second round? Yeah, second, third, fourth round, somewhere around Oh, really? I thought it was, was like, second round in most leagues. The third round. I think I felt like I think mostly so he was generally a second round pick, but he's always been like yeah. a second round pick. Like he's always been considered a no, top right. five, top right. six receiver, and he was having his best year of his career last year before he got hurt. Yeah, the injury yeah, is if concerning. He blow it. <laughs> the, right, the injury is concerning, and AJ Green has an injury history, and I think yeah. that's why he's not a top five receiver. But I mean, 
look at like he's expected to be fully healthy start mm-hmm. of the season, correct? Yeah. So if you hear that news, that's extremely extremely encouraging, especially for someone like me who I mean, if he's not healthy after nine months, he's well, yeah, but give me a break. Well, that's well, that's a concern though. If like a foot injury with a wide receiver, and it's like, oh, he's still not like fully healthy. It's like he might never be, you know? Yeah. But because. It, you know, I do want to see him in preseason and see if he has that same jump. But if he does, and you're getting AJ Green in the third round, who that's a good value pick. Yeah, definitely. Uh, number ten on our rankings, and the final guy that we'll talk about on the show is Ty Hilton. Um, Ty Hilton has been teetering between wide receiver one and wide receiver two yeah. for years. <laughs> Uh, and finally, cracks into the top ten in our rankings. Uh, I have him ranked nine. You have him ranked ten. ECR has him nine. I think T.Y. Hilton has been so – it's the opposite. It's the complete opposite of what you would think. But he has been so damaged by not having other talent besides himself around him. He now has Devin Funches. He's got Eric Ebron, yeah. Marlon Mack for a full season, Naheem Hines a year after you know forward in development. Like They have some weapons. They have some pieces. They've had the quietest, most successful offseason, the Colts. Um, I think in the league, and and they've done a lot to put their offense back together, and I think T.Y. Hilton is going to benefit from that. Um, I It makes me nervous because T.Y. Hilton is, is – I think T.Y. Hilton is the poor man's Michael Thomas, mm. and he does the same stuff as See, Michael Thomas. Yeah. He does the same exact stuff as Michael Thomas where he's inconsistent. He doesn't score on a week-to-week basis, but he's a fantastic – like, for me, I would almost say A.J. Green makes it into my, like, Tier 3, and then the Tier 4 starts with T.Y. Hilton and a bunch of other guys. Yep. Uh, and it's like the fact that you're reaching, like, Tier 3 or 4 at the end of the top 10 is is awesome, but then there's, like – the Tier 4 is like, 20 wide receivers in it. <laughs> yeah. So, but for me, T.Y. Hilton, I mean, can he be – a wide receiver one on your team. If you're drafting, T- this, this is the problem that I really face with T.Y. Hilton, is that right now he's getting drafted as, at pick 305, which I think is very high, um, which is a little too high for me because when when you look at T.Y. Hilton, right, you're building your fantasy team. Do you want T.Y. Hilton in your number one wide receiver no. slot? No. Not at all? No. And so that's where that's where I struggle with T.Y. Hilton. I like him. I will. I would. I would honestly target him in trades. But as far as drafting him at three hundred five, I if you if you if you're at three hundred five, three hundred six, or three hundred seven, and you don't get AJ Green or Mike Evans in the third round, you're kind of screwed at wide receiver. Like you kind of have to go out and get Ty Hilton and hope you can make a trade. But at that point, you've you've reached into the barrel of wide receivers, and everything <laughs> else you get is going to be a risk after that. Yeah, I mean, Ty, he's just. He, maybe it's because he he seems to burn me in the past. I'm yeah. I'm not crazy about Ty Hilton. He is inconsistent, like you said. Poor man, Michael Thomas. I think is a very good comparison. But I'm very high on the Colts this year. Me Colts too. Offense. Love so, you, Andrew Luck. So I'm on the Ty bandwagon now. Let's go. Uh, that'll do it for our top 10 wide receiver rankings. Be sure to listen on Thursday where we talk about wide receivers 11 through 20. Got any closing thoughts for the? Uh, the humble crowd. Here is my closing thought. Um, if you don't pair uh, AJ Green, Andy Dalton, get Christian McCaffrey, and as well as DJ Moore, okay, those four guys, <laughs> you are not going to win in fantasy football. No, get you got to build that team. Talk to you Thursday, fantasy champs.
Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Champions Podcast. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes and YouTube and follow us on Twitter at the FF Champs.